0: Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this minister, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. God bless you as you stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6, and I'm going to preach ahead of the Independence Day, Uh, 4th of July is coming, but uh, it'll be here in the middle of the week, sort of, kind of, so I'm going to preach ahead of that, and I just want to talk to you for a little bit about uh, my Declaration of Dependence, gives me my declaration of independence amen somebody so let's talk about that for a little bit see what the Lord does with it and uh, I believe it'll bless your soul and if not then uh, your Holy Ghost is broken (laughs) Uh, we can laugh at the house of the Lord amen as I get my notes prepared hallelujah first Peter 1 6 here we go wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if ye If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Everyone say temptations. For the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. let's stop there. It goes on a little bit, but let's stop there. The verse that I really want to hang out in this week is Psalms 33 and 12, my secondary text. And that is blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Somebody blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us choose you. Thank you for giving the mindset and the will for us to make the decision that you are a God who serves your people, that does good unto those that trust in your name. We ask you just to turn the tide of our nation, Lord God, to remind us that we are needing to be a praying people, that while there are people of God in this nation, God's hand is still on the nation. So we ask you to remind us again today that our declaration of independence can only happen because of our declaration of dependence on you. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Well, I was sweating bullets there for a minute when I started reading. I was like, how did I pull the wrong reference? But uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that your presence affirms a faith in your life that God is worthy of your praise. Amen. person sitting next to you on your right and your left, you don't have to know their lifestyle. You don't have to know their successes. You don't have to know their failures. But when you see them lift their hands and worship the Lord, you know that something is getting them through. Something has helped them in their life. And I believe that as we continue to declare the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord, and the preeminence of God, that his kingdom has come, and his will will be done in the earth, yeah. that God continues to work through us, even in a adverse and ungodly culture. Amen? Yeah. Even in times where some of the word of God is going to be considered hate speech, I still believe there's people that can still live on that word of God. Yeah. Amen, somebody. I believe we can still depend upon the word of God to lead us. America was founded by people who sought freedom, you know, from the tyranny of the English crown. They they sought freedom of religion and and they were looking for ways to make statements that expressed their commitment to this independence. And so of course, you know the story if you Have your history learned that they felt justified in dissolving their political bands with their connection to England. And that connection meant that they were going to be summoning armies and they were going to be going into a war against England. And so they knew that. They knew that they believed in the laws of freedom that superseded the authority of the earthly king they were under. But I want you to know that whenever we see the separation of one, one particular authority to another, we have to understand that God is the greatest authority. Amen? We cannot supersede by laws of what we call freedom from his authority. Now, of course, we understand that the enemy was cast into the earth when he was raised up in pride, and Lucifer was cast out into the earth. Amen. And if you study the Bible according to what you see, Isaiah 14 and other places, Ezekiel, of the structure and the build of Lucifer and what he was like, he was God's greatest creation, had had rubies and all kinds of stones in him and pipes and the ability to have an oration that praised God. He, he could use his mouth to praise Almighty God, but what Lucifer Lucifer did not understand is everything that was built in him or created in him came from the authority of God. You understand where I'm going, okay? You can go ahead and preach with me. And so what happened when he said, I will not only, see, he was built to reflect everything that God was. And when the angels began to worship the Lord, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, because Lucifer orchestrated the symphony of praise in heaven, the cloud would move back from the throne of God, and his light would pierce into the universe, and it would pierce not only the universe, universe but it would go through Lucifer as he shimmered the light of God. So he was not the light, but he was a reflection of the light. And we have to make sure we understand that any authority we have, whether spiritual realm or earthly realm, is not because of the authority that we have, but it's because of the authority that comes from God. Amen, somebody. The authority that shines in our life, the darkness that's chased out, is because we continue to reflect the beauty And the glory and the power and the anointing and the authority of the Word of God. As we live the Word of God in our life, we become dependent more and more on Him. And we learn that we cannot be dependent on ourselves. And so we make a declaration of that dependence today. We make a declaration that though our nation may be spinning backwards and losing their minds in in, in ways that we can't even quite fathom yet all the ramifications that are going to come in our children and our children's children, we have to understand that we as a people can still rise up and say, God is my Lord. There is only one God and his name is Jesus. And he was God manifest in flesh. And I'm grateful that I know that he honors people who obey his word and are washed in the spirit and washed by the blood and go down in a watery grave and come up to newness of life. I walk as a man and you walk as a woman or man defining God as the one who sits on the throne. The one who has all power and all authority and regardless of what has happened in the past regardless of Lucifer falling out into earth and the mess that has been created this thing started in heaven and Will finish by our God, amen? It will be finished. He will have the last word. So when Lucifer lifted himself up, God smote him and took away all of those rubies and stones. He said, You cannot reflect me if you think you're gonna be me. And that's a lesson to us that if our opinions ever rise to the point that our opinion is greater than God. God will come down and he will tell us kindly and with grace, you cannot worship me. You cannot reflect me to this world. If you think you're better than me or you know better than me, for his ways, you know the verse, is higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. We have to understand that when we put God as our Lord, that he will give us an inheritance in that. He will give us an inheritance in that. And so Lucifer was stripped of all the stones. And you know where they show up? They show up in our honeymoon cottage in heaven. He put them in adorned New Jerusalem with those stones. But Lucifer still has a voice, he still has an ability to sway men's hearts. He still has the ability to speak and whisper. And in that, he tempts man. And the temptation is what causes men to fall. Amen? And so we have to understand that we may have a declaration of dependence, but there is two very important things that we have to know. The declaration of our life will be tested in temptation. And the dependence that we say we have will be tested in our failures. And I'll get to that. That's a long ways down the road, but I'm going to hurry. We have to understand that when we go through things in life, we are going to have any statement that we make toward God tested. For we have to believe that God is able to do great things. I guess it's obviously past time that we declare our dependence in God. Amen. Some of you have all your life and I appreciate your walk with God. But we need our nation to return to living principles of God. We need things to be turned around. We need to recognize him as the authority of our freedom. Amen. And that there is no freedom outside of God. This will happen by the church becoming the conscience of our government and staying people of God. Amen? Through its nation's solemn assembly, it should clearly and respectfully be called upon for politicians and leadership to embrace God's principles for government. I am not a pastor that preaches politics but I want you to know that politics are affected when the people of God don't pray the church has to be an impact in the world today and if we're not praying if we're not fasting if we're not seeking God things will change amen somebody so in scripture it tells us in first Peter we saw chapter six that says wherefore greatly rejoice though now for a season underline the word season Wherefore, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through the manifold temptations. In other words, what's going to test your declaration in God, the anchoring statements that you say, God, I want to be this. God, I want to do this for you. God, I want to be a man of God, a woman of God. I want to be a man of faith, a woman of faith. I want to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. Whatever it is you state that is your declaration toward God, God is going to take that and in that declaration we have to understand that the enemy is going to attack it he's going to test it because nothing that has worth has not been tested if i gave my wife a beautiful ring at our engagement of cubit zirconia and i said babe this is a five carat diamond i have worked so hard i love you so much and she went over to the diamond inspector, and he put light on it, and he tested it. There's a good sermon. He tests it with light, amen, to see its shimmeriness and its beauty. And he looks inside that diamond, and he comes back, and he says, I'm sorry, ma'am. You have been bamboozled. I don't know. Bamboozled. There we go. Bamboozled. That's a new word I just made up. It's whenever you have a fan that bamboozles you. Um, so it, you've been Bamboozled the one that says he loves you, he gave you a a fake diamond. The only way to know if something is real, the only way to know if something is truth, is to test it. And the more you test something, the more valuable it becomes. In other words, if you're going to buy a high-end vehicle, it's been tested. The suspension and the, the engine has been, has been so tested. They've tested it through desert and through snowstorm, and they've tested it in all different places and so that they can certify that this vehicle is worthy of more money. The value goes up with every time that you're tested. Do you understand what I mean? Now, I understand that the Bible says that we are given a measure of faith, but the measure of faith is not where we stop at faith can be built Building up your most holy faith in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why we believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Because it builds your faith and your faith allows you to stay anchored to your declaration of dependence on Jesus Christ. You cannot say, I depend upon you, Lord, and not have it attacked. And you cannot sustain the attack of the enemy without the shield of faith. So you've got to build your faith. You have to grow up your faith. The Bible even says says building up your most holy faith And so sometimes we wonder why when people come in, they're sick, they need to be prayed for. We honor the word of God, we anoint with oil, we pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall save the sick. That's what the Bible says. But for some reason they leave and they're not saved or they're not sick, they're they're still sick. And then other times we come in or we bring in a, a, a person that works and is gifted in the gift of faith and they pray for somebody and miracles are just happening. Why? Because they have built their faith all their life and now they have a faith so strong that when they walk over and lay their hand, on somebody the the angels respond heaven responds because they have built their faith up and so your declaration has to be on the foundation of faith and faith will always be tempted there will always be a place where your faith gets tempted but when you endure temptation amen it grows it's strengthened and so he's like you're going to endure hardship for a season and we don't like that word seasoned. Uh, we're, <laughs> we don't want to endure hardship, do we? Because we want to we we control the definitions. I was talking to somebody the other day about that. Like, hey, you know, it's, it's easy to want something from God. But it, it's not easy to let God control the definitions of how you get it. Amen? Mm-hmm. So, like, what I mean by that is God says love your neighbor. But we want to define who our neighbor is. The ones that don't annoy us, the ones that don't have parties till three in the morning next door, the ones that, you know what I'm talking about. We want to define what it is that God tells us to do. And we have to let him be in charge of the definitions. We want to define how long the season of hardship is in our life. We want to define how long the season of loneliness is in our life. When's God going to give me my man? Oh, sorry. Sorry. And we want to define how long that season is. And that season is defined by God. And sometimes he's waiting on you to pass some tests in your personal life so that he can build in you the ability to stay faithful to God even when he brings someone else into your life. You cannot be unequally yoked, as the Bible says. You need somebody who's walking with God to join you in life, to walk with God together. Amen, somebody. I know this isn't a Valentine's sermon. I'll get moving on here. So there's four ways that your declaration of dependence is tested. You hear me carefully. Number one, it's it's tested by the enemy speaking and whispering to you. and And primary temptation categories are are mentioned in 1 John two sixteen, and that's that is the place where Scripture tells us that these are ways in which the enemy can test us. And that's that's this scripture right here. It's if you guys could put it up for me, I'd appreciate it. 1 John 2.16. And okay. Uh, did we miss that one? Praise God. Thank, thank you, team, for worshiping with me. So let me ask you the question. Why would God test our faith? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. These are the three categories in which we could be tested. And these are the three categories in which the enemy will come to try to attack us, to tear us down. And so why does God let that happen? Well, number one, because testing reveals areas of weakness. Like I was telling you just a minute before, if you were going to go buy some certified Angus beef, non-GMO, if you're going to go buy some nice beef, you're going to all that certification, each level of certification costs more money for the one having it certified. So they're going to charge you more money. The same thing is true that whenever you're looking at something, when you're, when something is put under strain and stress, to test it, to see how strong it is, it shows areas of weakness. I had a friend that was in Germany, and his job was to take high-end vehicles out on the Autobahn and run them as hard as he could. That was a fun job. He took Beamers and, and vehicles that um, I would like to drive sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes, and... They would take them, and and they would tell him what his job to, was to do. He, they, would, they would tell him, OK, I want you to drive this vehicle as hard as you can, and I want you to run through the gears. And I want you to try to break the transmission. <laughs> Who does that? But this is, what, this is what his job was. So he'd get about 10, 20 miles out, and all of a sudden, some piece would go out on the car, and he'd be on the side of the road stranded. And they'd go back, and they'd do all their testing. And they're like, you did a great job breaking this car oh, that's not at all what you want to hear, but then they would improve the piece. They would re-engineer the part, and they would make it better, and then they, they they, had done the testing. So testing, if you're writing any notes, number one, testing reveals areas of weakness spiritually. So we have to understand that when a test or trial comes, we have to know that God's putting us in his school of training. And we, ha- we can't be afraid of the test. We have to celebrate tests. I don't celebrate tests. I never did celebrate tests. I hated tests. But this is something that is a spiritual concept that I have now embraced in my life, and and I would like to go back to school and try some tests. But the thing of the matter is, is the spiritual aspects of God, when he tests us, and he does things in our life where we have to try our faith and make sure that we are staying faithful to God, those things reveal areas of weakness. Had a pastor friend of mine who's very, very laid back, very calm, and very soft-spoken. I said, man, you, you have just such a demeanor about you. I really appreciate that. He goes, oh, I wasn't like this before. Before the Holy Ghost, he goes, I was a hothead. I would get mad all the time. I would have road rage. I would have words flying out my mouth. He goes, but when I got the Holy Ghost, the Lord revealed to me that I needed to deal with that anger before it turned into sin. He goes, and I have spent my life, he goes, sometimes people will ask questions that are very challenging to me. And I'll feel that old me raise up inside and I have to push it down and I have to deal with it because I know that I want that defeated in my life. I don't want that weakness in my life. And that testing is just to reaffirm that I have defeated that weakness. Amen? Number two, it refines our character. That's what he was talking about. He was saying, my character has been refined by God over the years. You don't just refine your character overnight. Abraham didn't just take his son Isaac to the altar because he was obeying God only. He had built little altars all his life. And so he gets to the biggest altar, the biggest moment of his life, and he has faith in God because of all the little altars he's built. So you have to understand that when we talk about our declaration of dependence on Jesus Christ, we're not just talking about a big moment where we just decide everything is going to be right. I'm going to live perfect. I'm going to do all these things for God, but no, it's every single day. You're being tested right now. You'll be tested tomorrow. You'll be tested the next day. And every single test, you have to be excited about passing. You have to endure the hardship, as first Peter said, for that season, because when you endure it, you shall be tried and come forth as pure gold. In other words, when you are tried, even pure gold has less value than what you will come out with. You will have greater value in the kingdom. When you pray prayers, you'll pray them with greater faith. You will declare things that the enemy is afraid of. You will change things in the spiritual world because you have. Have refined your character and because also you have strengthened your faith. Number three, your character is refined. Number two, testing reveals weakness, number one. But number three, your faith is strengthened when you go from faith to faith and believe God and stand through it. So I see this little story about a boy and he's... <laughs> He's praying to God for the first time, He he realizes that he's supposed to pray, and he gets this idea that he wants a brand new bike. You know what that's like, Carla. You prayed for a brand new bike, right? No, just kidding. She probably did, but this little boy had great faith. He was like, God, I want a brand new bike. I want a blue Diamondback with silver handlebars. He was being specific. He was being, that's a good kind of prayer to pray. He's being specific. He's like, and I want one of those little things on the back that goes. Blah, 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 you know, and and I want it in my driveway with pegs in the kickstand tomorrow morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Climbs up in bed, goes to bed. Gets up the next morning, runs out in his pajamas to the drive. No bike. He's like, All right. Well, I'm gonna pray again. So the next night he kneels down and he says, Lord, maybe you didn't hear me, but I'm gonna pray a little bit louder. I want a blue diamond back, silver handlebars, one of those little things that make noise when you go down the road. And I want pegs and I want a kickstand in the driveway by morning. Thank you, Jesus. I know you can do it. You're all powerful. Amen. He goes to bed, gets up the next morning, runs out. Yeah, no bike. So he looks over at the neighbor's house, and they're good Catholic people and they have one of those statues in their yard. So he goes back to bed that night after doing a little bit of work. And he goes and kneels down by his bed the third night and he goes Lord I've kidnapped your mom if you ever want to see her again (laughs) better have a bike in the driveway by morning he went over and stole the statue of Mary (laughs) sometimes it's not a good way to work with God by the way but he wanted his bike really bad he had desperation see desire leads to desperation and desperation leads to the the divine stepping in because God will honor desperation. I don't know if you have a place where God speaks to you personally on a regular basis. I'm sure he does. But sometimes God tells me some really ridiculous stuff. And sometimes he tells me stuff about you and he says, don't say anything. And sometimes he tells me stuff about myself and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and sometimes... He gives me a a glimpse into the weights that you're carrying, and I just pray for you. And sometimes I don't hear anything at all, but one time, you guys know him, his name is Nate Thompson. He runs Man Up Ministries. And he came and he preached here, and we went out to lunch together. And I told Brother Dean, Brother Deanicus, this story. Um, But I don't think I've told anybody else this story. And we went over to the corners of Brookfield, and we were going to take them to Hollister and give them a nice meal. You know, they live in a very difficult environment. They're constantly in the stresses of of harsh winters and things like that, and they're constantly living on faith. Literally, their next meal sometimes is on faith, and I'm like, oh... These people are people that are on a mission. They're living their calling. And so I wanted to take them. We got them some. I told them, you got to get the meatloaf. Get the meatloaf. And so we got them a nice meal. But before we could get in, there was a waiting period. And I was like, well, let's go over to Eddie Bauer. you know, Let's go over to the next door and let's look around. And we got in there, and he starts looking at the, you know, he wears these pants so he can hike the mountains. He wears these certain kind of pants that are that are camping or hiking pants, and he's looking at these hiking pants. He's like, man, these are great. Look how tough they are, and wow, I mean, I, I could really, you know, and he's talking about them. He's like, these are just fantastic. And the Lord taps me on the shoulder and says, you're going to buy one of those for him. I'm like, I'm going to buy a pair of pants for the man? Wow, miracles happen. And the Lord goes, okay, you're going to buy two. I'm like, I'm going to shut up because this is is an expensive argument right now. So I'm like, okay. And so he's got two in his hands when he comes back over by me because I'm just letting him work, you know, see what he likes. And he comes over. I'm like, why don't you try those on? And I haven't told him that I'm going to get them, right? I'm like, why don't you try those on? And he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, Okay, cool. Yeah, right here. So he goes in, tries the money. He goes, man, they're amazing. They fit great. They're going to work. They would work so good on our man up trips. And I'm like, all right, well, hey, the, the, the thing just went off. I got the text. The table's ready. Why don't you go with the ladies back over? I'll join you in a minute. I'm just going to head up to the, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, uh, I, this is weird, but the Lord told me to get those for you. And he started tearing up. And you don't know what God has already set for foundation in somebody's life. Amen? Whenever God speaks to you and he starts tearing up, and I'm like, Did I say something wrong? And he goes, I'll tell you the story at dinner. He goes, Thank you. And he hands me the pants. And I go buy them. And I mean, it, it was just one of those moments where, you know, you just, I walked up to the table and I just kind of bowled the bag right underneath the table so nobody really saw what I did. It was like, and it slid over and it hit him in the foot and he goes, yeah, winking the gun, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, God is good, God is good, and he's like, thank you so much, and so we're sitting there, and he leans over to me, because goes, I gotta tell you the story, he goes, what you just did is a miracle, and I was like, what do you mean, I bought you a pair of pants, that's not a big miracle, and he's like, no, he goes, I had saved up $150, I'm emotional, I'm sorry, to buy some new pants, because they were just getting so rugged, and so tattered, He goes, and two weeks ago, in a service, the Lord told me to put all of my savings of $150 toward those new pants, which I needed for the new man-up trips that we're going to do this year. I needed those. It was a need in my life. And the Lord told me to put all $150 in the offering plate, and he would take care of me. I saved that $150 for pants, specifically. He goes, and when we walked into Eddie Bauer, and you said, I'm going to go get those for you, The Lord said, see, I'll take care of you. When you put your dependence in God, he will take care of even the smallest things, the things you think nobody would care about. He'll tap somebody on the shoulder and say, take some groceries to that house. Help that person get out of that situation. Help them with some rent. Help them with a deposit. Do whatever you have to do because their dependence is on me. And if you will help me help them, you become the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we do that, our faith grows. And then we can take another step and we can conquer another mountain and we can go further. So our faith is strengthened when we're tested, amen? And testing glorifies God. The testing is what gives us the ability to stay close to the Lord. Because whenever we're tested and we try, we're tried and we have the confidence the declaration in our life that I'm going to live for God no matter what, we constantly see a courage come from that. And so I just want to hit a couple of scriptures because when the enemy comes to test you, we know that God tests. Anybody been tested before? Anybody here? All right. Did you know that you're not? Un- it's not an uncommon thing for you to be tested. Even Jesus was tested. Anybody better than Jesus here? Just leave hands down. Even Jesus was tested. So you're going to be tested. And what Jesus did to respond to that, you know in Luke 4, that he, he was responding with the word of the Lord. So we have to understand that the true test of real faith that is the foundation of all your declarations of dependence on God, the true test of whether your faith is real or not, how do I know I'm depending upon God? Is this, do you believe and are you able to declare the word of the Lord in times that are difficult your declaration of dependence is tested in difficult moments but you can get through it if you use the word of the lord as your hiding place that is the power of the word of the lord amen look at psalms this is a lovely scripture psalms 119 114 thou art my hiding place and my shield i hope in thy word amen Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know that, right? Can I preach for just a minute here? Everything that you see, touch, smell, hear, taste will counter the things that you are supposed to believe in, that you can't see, hear, touch, taste, or move. The moving of God's power in you, the the change and the ability to stay within the declaration of your dependence on God is if you are willing to lay down everything you taste, hear touch and see and put your hiding place in Jesus Christ in the word of God and stay there amen and stay in his word so we find other scriptures that are very powerful like the Psalms 142 3 through 5 it says that there are snares laid for us but in those snares God will help us look at this scripture real quick do we have Psalms 142 3 through 5 thank you when this when my spirit was overwhelmed anybody ever have your spirit overwhelmed when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me? In other words, he's saying, there are snares ahead of me. In the way that I'm going to walk, there are some snares. But your right hand, amen, I looked on my right hand, and beheld, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul, amen. Go on to the next verse. But he, but God is there for us. And I cried unto the Lord, Has anybody ever cried out to God before? Oh, Lord, oh, oh, Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Amen, somebody. Anybody ever have a moment where you just cried out to God? That cry is built on your faith, which is anchored to your declaration of dependence in God. And the only way you're going to have the faith to cry out is if you're building your faith, amen, every day through the tests and trials that you succeed through. I went fishing on Lake Michigan. It was a little bit choppy Tuesday a week ago. And I don't know if you've ever been out on a big lake or not, but the change the change happens quickly. The, the wind blows in. It happens so fast. We had lines in the water, and all of a sudden, these dark clouds start rolling in. And I've been on water all my life because I grew up in Alaska, and I know to respect nature. You have to respect it. And all of a sudden, this storm started. And I mean, the lake just turned into like a washing machine. You know, just like the boat's just moving. I'm falling all over the place, and and the captain of the boat goes, "Sit down. <laughs> you have land legs. Sit down. You don't have sea legs yet." And so I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sitting down." And we were pulling in the lines as fast as we could, and we turn and we burn. I mean, we're headed to the shore because it's getting really rough. And and I remember as we were turning, I'm going. This is this is not a good situation. And I'm just holding on as we're rah, 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 just trying to get into the harbor, McKinley Harbor. And the thing that I remember is I'm, it was like the, the captain's like, there's the flare gun. If we get in trouble, you shoot that into the air. I've got the radio. If I can still get the radio, I'll call the Coast Guard. It was like that kind of thing like where we're, we're, we're moving as fast as we can. He goes, this is called being chased off the lake. We're going to be okay. Just hold on. And so we're like, rah, rah, Father's Day. I, that was what my Father's Day gift was, was riding in in an emergency from the lake. Oh, praise God. Glory well, hallelujah, I'm still here. Okay. So... Sometimes you have to have the understanding that you're going to need a flare gun prayer. A flare prayer, that's what I call it. A flare gun prayer, where you have a moment that's an emergency and the only thing you can do is reach for help and call for some help because you can't do it on your own. And he was saying, if we get into a bad enough situation, if you will release that flare and we'll call for help, help will come as fast as possible. And that help is in a more powerful boat than we have and they have more training than we have and they have the ability to fight in the midst of a storm. They can be on stormy waters, much more stormy than we can handle in this craft but they can come in and they can take over and they can help us and get us out of the water if we will just send the flare up they'll find us and call it in and he said there's one thing you can do and learn from that is that because of course he's a christian he's like this is what we do when we get in trouble with god we send up a flare prayer and we say god my faith says that i'm dependent upon you i don't know how to get out of this situation or to get through this moment or to find a healing but if i will send up a a flare prayer amen somebody Have I beat that horse to death yet? If I will send up a prayer of emergency, my faith says God will answer and he will show up and he's more powerful, he's more able in the storm. In fact, he walks on the water in the storm and he can speak peace and the storm can stop. So the storm may just be there for you to test your faith, amen? And in that testing, you'll find that God is able to do great things. 1 Corinthians so just I just want to say, so some of you have may, may have been through some things before and you have may, may have dealt with some things and you have failure in your life. I want you to know that you don't beat yourself up. All men fail, amen? We all fail at times. The greatest test, the greatest victory in your life is when you get up from your worst failure. And that is what the Holy Ghost is there to do for you, is to encourage you so that you are dependent upon the Lord. And so 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. So just so you know, there's no temptation taking you, if you'd help me out. There hath no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Everyone say common to man. So every temptation you face is something that's common to man. God is faithful. It may not be the same stresses. It may not be the same difficulty. It may not be the same struggle, but it's not uncommon. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not uncommon. Amen. God is faithful, amen, somebody? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Ye may be able to bear it, amen. How many know that God is in control? Psalms 37, 23, help me out, team. We're gonna go right through these. Look at the Lord has ordered our steps. Psalms 37, Twenty three. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Amen. Proverbs twenty four, sixteen says this for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again but the wicked shall fall into mischief in other words when you are just when you are living a declaration of dependence in jesus christ you may fall in fact you will fall the scripture says jesus said to peter that i pray for you that your faith fail not why wouldn't if jesus knew that peter was going to deny christ three times why wouldn't he pray that he fail not? That, that, that the enemy desires to sift you, Peter, as wheat. And why wouldn't God just pray that, that he doesn't have failure? That he doesn't fail at all? That he doesn't deny Christ at all? But the truth of the matter is God prayed the prayer that's most important. And that is that your faith fail not. Because no matter how many times you try to be perfect, you're going to fail at some point. But if your faith is intact, if your faith is strong, there's no failure that can take you down. Your faith is what gets you back up again. Your faith is what gives you that bounce back ability. And you may not bounce back as fast as others, but you have to bounce back. That is what real faith is. Real faith says, I'm getting up again. This won't take me down. I'm not out for the count. I'm getting up again. Failure is inevitable. But staying down is not. Peter affirmed that. Because he said again three times, not only did he deny Christ three times, but then he affirmed it three times that I love you more than these. I love you more than all this. And in loving God, it made him the spokesperson for the church in Acts 2.38 when he gave a salvation message. So his failure did not take him out. His faith was what Jesus prayed for so that he could get back up and be what God needed him to be. I pray for your faith today. I don't pray that you don't fail because your failures and the temptations that come against you, they can help you. They can grow your faith. But what I do pray over you in this church is that you arise, that you get up. Micah 7, 8 says this, please stay with me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I'm thankful that we're dealing with, uh, this year we're dealing with light and darkness as our theme. I'm thankful for that. I know the Lord told me that, but I'm also thankful that I understand that when temptation comes, I have a response and a way out. Amen? Sometimes you have to understand that when your faith is tempted, the only thing you have is the declaration that you're going to make. And your declaration has to be tied to what your dependence is. And in fact, the Bible even says that we need to depend on each other. Did you know that? 59 times in the New Testament, one another is said. We have to depend on each other. So I'm declaring today that I depend upon the Lord. And I hope you can do that too. And I'm declaring today that I depend upon you. Because together we come together, we pray for each other. We seek the Lord together. We ask the Lord to lead us and guide us and build us. And when you're going through a test of faith, I want to be there to pray for you. And when I go through a test of my faith or a temptation, I want you to be there to pray for me. Would you do that? Would you allow us to be declaring our dependence to each other and to God today? Let's stand together in the house of the Lord. We have to remove a performance-based mindset. God's not looking for you to be perfect, but he is looking for you to manage your faith so that you can get up when you fall down. God sees us standing. Every time he sees, I mean, I know a guy that had troubles with anger and he would put a card right on his dash when he was driving in his car. And when he would have somebody cut him off, he'd just look down and read that scripture. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It was the scripture he had there. He didn't want that anger and that, that, that rage to, to, to lead his life. He wanted to have a pure heart. So he put the word of God in between the thing that's trying to tempt him. And that's exactly what you have to do. You're not going to remember. In fact, there's, there's times whenever we're just dealing with a basic human desire of loneliness or, or feelings of, of frustration. Or, or In fact, the enemy will come to us and present to us a counterfeit that answers a basic human need. It's not necessarily a sin to start with. It's not a sin to want to be loved. It's not a sin to want to to feel accepted and all those different things, but how you deal with it. So the enemy will come to us and he'll test us to try to give us an illegitimate way to handle a legitimate need. And so what we have to understand is in faith and in our declarations, we have to guard ourselves, not just put up boundaries that's good, but we have to guard ourselves by putting the word of God in between us and the thing that's tempting us. Then when you do that, you make your declaration through the word of God to the spiritual world. In other words, you take the word of God and you say, though the enemy shall come against me, I shall be successful. Or, or even if the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard up against it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What am I doing? I'm not using my own declaration. I'm using God's declaration of who I am and what I am to express my dependence upon him. It is God who has kept me it's God who leads me it's his word that holds me and all of these things are there for me to constantly say you are my Lord my behavior expresses that you are my God my mind expresses that you are my savior through your word all of those things are there so that I can say with assurance that I have real faith and I truly have depended upon the Lord my God Because my behavior and my lifestyle and everything is changed and filtered by the word of God. I put Jesus in between me and that which is coming against me. Amen, somebody. Let's pray today. Jesus, there may be people in this room right now that want to depend upon you, but they just have so much weighing them down. There may be even people in this room that have made failures that they think that God maybe you maybe you hold against them some things that they said they were going to do better and they kept falling down and and at this moment they may not feel like you're close they may feel like you're a long ways away because failure tends to do that it tends to make us feel like we're grossly distant from the Lord but even in the moments of our greatest failure you said run to me come unto me you said there is a throne room that's open and you can run to the throne of grace and we ask today that somebody would repent in their heart they would turn to you Jesus and they would make statements of faith and even if they've been frustrated with life's occasions recently and they've been struggling with something that they would realize that those are just a test and you're going to help them Lord Jesus today to make a declaration in their heart and their mind even if they can't put in sentences what they declare their faith is going to inform them that God is still there and because their faith is still there there is a substance of things hoped for and there's an evidence for things not seen. I counter everything that looks like, everything that feels like, and everything that sounds like defeat right now in the name of Jesus in this room. I counter it with faith in Jesus' name. That the visible world cannot overpower the authority of the invisible world. And we put our faith in you, Jesus. We put our faith in that which we cannot see and we ask you to do your work. We will not be confused by what we see if we stand on our declaration of dependence in you. In Jesus name let's sing together a song this is not a special this is opening the altar but you come and make a declaration of dependence to the Lord maybe this is all you can do today is just walk to this altar and kneel down but do it do it in faith do it in humbling your pride do it in humbling your spirit do it right now in Jesus name make a place at this altar make a place at this altar it may be a little altar today but it's gonna build you toward a big altar it may be a little place that you need to lay down or maybe it is the one thing that you needed today. It was the one thing you came for is to feel God's presence, wrap his arm around you one more time and say, you're okay. I have grace for this. I have mercy for this. I didn't die on that cross in vain. You shall get up. You shall be victorious in Christ Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Cover every declaration, God. Cover every dependency, God. Cover everything that's needed in this room right now, God. Cover in Jesus name amen would you pray prayers of declaration to God would you lift up your voice and just lift up the Lord in this place
1: God we need you we need you I need my brother and my sister and I need you here today God
0: Lord call us speak to us
1: come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well jesus is calling oh come to the altar come on if you haven't come yet you
0: need to come come down to this altar just worship the Lord for a minute just sneak in on the sides it doesn't matter where you come
1: as long as you're making
0: a physical declaration of your dependence upon God just something lift a hand or, or lift your head toward heaven don't look down anymore because God has already purchased your deliverance in your declaration is your deliverance Hallelujah,
1: we love you today, Jesus. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling Oh, we need you, Jesus. I'm willing to say I need you, Jesus. I'm willing to declare my dependence upon you, God. From the ashes, to declare that I can do nothing without you, Jesus that I can't move
0: without you, that I can't move without you, that I can't succeed without you, that I can do nothing
1: without you, Lord. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.